Deuteronomy chapter 34 Then Moses climbed Mount Nebo from the plains of Moab to the top of Pisgah opposite Jericho. There the Lord showed him the whole land, from Gilead to Dan, all of Naphtali, the territory of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the land of Judah as far as the Mediterranean Sea, the Negev, and the whole region from the valley of Jericho, the city of Palms, as far as Zoar. Then the Lord said to him, This is the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, when I said, I will give it to your descendants. I have let you see it with your eyes, but you will not cross over into it. And Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in Moab, as the Lord had said. He buried him in Moab, in the valley opposite Beth Peor. But to this day, no one knows where his grave is. Moses was a hundred and twenty years old when he died, yet his eyes were not weak nor his strength gone. The Israelites grieved for Moses in the plains of Moab thirty days, until the time of weeping and mourning was over. Now Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him. So the Israelites listened to him and did what the Lord had commanded Moses. Since then, no prophet has risen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face who did all those signs and wonders the Lord sent him to do in Egypt, to Pharaoh and to all his officials and to his whole land. For no one has ever shown the mighty power or performed the awesome deeds that Moses did in the sight of all Israel. Matthew chapter 22 Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, What do you think about the Messiah? Whose son is he? The son of David, they replied. He said to them, How is it then that David, speaking by the Spirit, calls him Lord? For he says, the Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If then David calls him Lord, how can he be his son? No one could say a word in reply, and from that day on, no one dared to ask him any more questions.
Over the last few weeks, we've been journeying with Moses and the people of God through victory, tumult, turmoil and triumph. Today, in one sense, we come to a new beginning, but one that begins with an ending. The end of the story of wilderness wandering, the story of Moses and the Exodus. We come to the end of the book of Deuteronomy and the end of the portion of the Bible known as the Torah or the Pentateuch. After 40 years of wandering through the wilderness, the people of Israel are poised to enter the land, promised to their ancestors long ago. But at this important juncture of the narrative, the story that occupies our attention is the apparent heartbreak of the death of Moses. His life has spanned the last four biblical books, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers and Deuteronomy, figuring prominently in almost every story detailed. For 40 years, Moses has led the Israelites from slavery in Egypt to Mount Sinai, through the wilderness of trials, to find themselves now on the cusp of the promised land, about to enter into the promise God made so many generations ago to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. I love Moses' epitaph in verse 7. Did you notice it? Moses was 120 years old when he died. His sight was unimpaired and his vigour had not abated. Moses didn't go out with a whimper. He was fighting fit and still a man of great 2020 vision, both physically and spiritually, which wasn't just helpful for him to see the vast sweep of the land before him, but actually served to help God's people see the Lord more clearly, with the chapter ending by remembering the wonderful things that Moses did in the sight of and eyes of all Israel. But of course the kicker, as we heard a few weeks ago, is that Moses never gets to enter the land. Enter it, no, but he is given this extraordinary vision of it. Starting in the north and sweeping west and south, Moses sees the vastness of the land that God has given the Israelites. Standing on the border of that land, Moses enters into the fulfilment of the promises God had made so long ago to his people. As the writer of Hebrews later tells us, Moses died in faith without having received the promises, but from a distance he saw and greeted them. And so like Moses, many of us who listen to his story and this sermon will readily identify with and also know something of disappointment and unfulfilled dreams. Lots of us, particularly in these days, as we wait for an anticipated COVID, COVID vaccine, will recognise the feeling of being in the now and not yet time, trusting in promises that haven't fully been realised, but nevertheless living by faith. It's an account that resonates for us as Christians as we approach the Advent season, as we remember again the now and not yet time between Christ's first and second coming, a time of hope and light, but also one of shadows and longing, a yearning for his triumphal return. And you know, for me, one of the most striking and memorable uses of this passage was in the speech given by Dr. Martin Luther King in Memphis on April the 3rd, 1968, the night before he was tragically assassinated. These are his words. Well, I don't know what will happen. We've got some difficult days ahead. But it really doesn't matter with me now because I've been to the mountaintop. Like anybody, I would like to live a long life. Longevity has its place. But I'm not concerned about that now. 
I just want to do God's will. And he's allowed me to go up to the mountain. And I've looked over. And I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you. But I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land. So I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. This God-fearing, eloquent champion of the poor and the oppressed a modern-day prophet, if you like, used the story of Israel's first great prophet to speak of hope and faith to a people who desperately needed both. Sadly, today, in nations still divided by race and injustice, his message is just as important for us all to hear again. So Moses' story continues to speak to us today, who even in the midst of disappointment live by faith in the God of Moses. The God who does indeed fulfil his promises. The God who, as Corinthians 1 tells us, in Christ, all the promises of God are yes and amen. Which brings me to my final thought for today. Traditionally, this Sunday, today, the Sunday of Christ the King, is a day that the global church remembers and celebrates the ultimate authority of Christ over his kingdom on earth and in heaven. That's a message of hope and good news that we should cling to through these traumatic times. To look to Golgotha's Hill and join with Christians down the many dark and challenging ages. That though these days may feel pained and overwhelming, we rejoice in the one who wields ultimate power. The supremacy of the king of love. You know, today was always also known as Stir Up Sunday, so named because of the old collect or prayer used for today. Stir up, O Lord, the wills of thy faithful people. Traditionally, this, this prayer, this collect, the week before the Advent season begins, served as a timely reminder to cooks everywhere to get on and prepare the Christmas pudding, to give them a stir. Maybe these days, most of us get our puddings from M&S with not many stirring up their own. But this ancient prayer from the 1662 prayer book is still there in common worship as one of the two collects for today. And you know what? It's a good prayer. Listen to these words. Stir up, O Lord, the wills of your faithful people, that they, bringing forth the fruit of good works, may by you be richly rewarded through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. A faithful people, stirred into action, stirred in their hearts by the love of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. And to do what, you may ask, in these complicated days? Well, how about simply going back to the greatest of commandments? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And to love your neighbour as yourself. You know, sometimes we can over-spiritualise this passage and like the expert in the law from St Luke's account, wonder then who our neighbour might be. So what if for us in these days of lockdown, in seeking to be obedient to this heartbeat longing of God, we literally stand on our doorstep with a renewed 2020 vision and look at the land we find ourselves in, land that God has placed us in, land that he's given us. And then having looked with eyes of faith 
step out towards our very neighbours with the good news of an all-conquering, sea-splitting, heavenly-providing, death-defeating King of Kings and Lord of Hope. Because that is some good news that this world is so desperately longing to hear. Amen. As followers of Christ, let us pray to our loving Father in heaven. Father, help us all in your church to understand what it really means to love and serve you. At times of testing, strengthen us. At unexpected or undeserved suffering, support us. At the end of our energy, revive us and teach us through it all the inexplicable peace and joy that comes from doing your will. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father, have mercy on us for the misdirected use of time, money and resources in this world. In the struggle against evil and sin, empower us so that justice and righteousness are established, upheld and celebrated as hearts rejoice in the freedom of all that is good. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father, renew our commitment to your loving in all our relationships, our work and our prayer. In the hard choices, Give us wisdom. In the painful decisions, affirm our judgments. And may our words speak your truth, whether that is to encourage, to comfort, or to challenge. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father, we stand alongside all those who are suffering in body, mind or spirit, and who long for your healing and comfort, your strength for perseverance, and your patience in the dark times. We ask that your living spirit envelop and sustain them. And in a moment of quiet, we bring before you those known to us personally who are in need of our prayerful support. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Creator God, we thank you for this day and this Whitcomb Church family, and we thank you for your love which surrounds us all this day and always. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen.